What's up, gang? This week on the Itty Bitty Podcast, my guest is Jessica Humphreys, and she's a dungeon master. So if you're confused about what a dungeon master is, either you're correct in your confusion or you're one of the many people getting in on the Dungeons & Dragons bandwagon that uh, seems to be coming back around again these days. So we talked a little bit about uh, the game. She explained kind of what it is. We talked a little bit about it last week with my guest, Nicole. Um, and uh, so she explained a little bit more. We are planning on doing a Halloween-themed episode um, each week for the month of October, finishing up with like a special D&D horror episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. So I'm pretty pumped for what we have coming up um, next month. If you have been digging the show, though, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, it's super important. If you like it, check it out. Make sure you do that for us. It helps us out. Um, also, check out the podcast Ear Floss. Uh, it's a music history podcast. Um, and each week, Kenny brings a in-depth look at uh, his favorite music artists with a different guest. Um, so show them the same love that you've been showing us. It's the Ear Floss podcast. Go check them out. Um, but anyway, uh, this is not a podcast about our dungeon master. It's the Itty Bitty Podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Yeah. Oh. oh, it's the Itty Bitty Podcast. So you said you were pre-gaming for Halloween. We're, we're recording now. Sorry, we just jumped right into it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so uh, I started uh, rereading like H.P. Lovecraft, um, went into a little bit of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, a little bit of uh, like just spooky, you know, fun, spooky stories. To get you ready for the, the Halloween. Absolutely. So welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Oh, I just hit the table. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. This is episode t- 10, I think. Yeah, episode 10. Woohoo, double digits. Yeah. So my guest today is a friend of mine, so it's technically a buddies episode. Uh, do you care if I say your name? No, I go for it, man. Right. I was already mentioned on the last one, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Humphreys. So we talked about her last one. We're kind of teasing an episode that we have coming up at the end of October. That'll be our big Halloween finish. We're going to do um, Halloween-themed episodes for the Itty Bitty Podcast all October. So make sure you're checking it out and uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe, rate and review to check out all the newest episodes of the Itty Bitty Podcast. But anyway, we're back to into the show, back into it. So my guest is here to talk about, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what she does. She, we talked a little bit about her last episode. So you're a dungeon master. Yeah. And that sounds scarier than it is. Um, if you're, if you unless listen to the last. I say unless you're actually the dungeon master, in which case it's completely terrifying. Oh, Okay. So I don't know what to make of that statement, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to learn by the end of this. No, it's, it's really just, um, it's a, since it's, it's cooperative storytelling, um, the dungeon master is the person who's kind of responsible for keeping everything 
on track, okay. um, which is kind of like herding cats. And you're never quite sure where they're going to go. So like you'll have this this lovely story all planned out. And about five minutes in, someone will go, oh, hey, let's go do this instead. And then all of a sudden, all of your you know hours of planning go out the window as you scramble to figure out what's going on. Gotcha. It's fun. So how long have you been a dungeon master? Um, I started in high school. Okay. My, uh, when I first uh, told my family that I was interested in playing Dungeons & Dragons, my Uncle Mike from Missouri actually sent me the, uh, three, uh, the, the not the 3.5, but the, uh, the third edition, all of the core rule books. And <clears throat> all he asked was that I never play an evil-themed campaign. Okay. Which I still haven't done. Um, but I played one game as a player and then immediately jumped into DMing. Okay. So if you've only ever done one actual game as a player? I have played in a couple of other games, but nine times out of ten, if, if a session is being run, it's being run by me. Okay. Yeah. That means you're imaginative. I try. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember seeing you. Um, we, uh, we used to work together. I don't really talk about work much on here, but people kind of have gathered that I, I work in sales. Um, but anyway, we, I've seen you writing out different stories and stuff, and you commit a lot of time to like to, sp- to spend writing these things out. Um, is that something you've always done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's fun for you? It's so much fun. It's not tedious? Oh, God, no. No. No, no, no. What's your favorite part about doing it? Um, so my favorite part is, uh, as the dungeon master, my job is to provide motivation to the characters. Okay. And one of the ways that I do that is by knowing the villain motivation. So my fun bit is that I get to write the entire story from the villain's perspective, who is constantly getting thwarted by these... I was about to. Are, can I swear on this? You can say whatever oh, the fuck you fucking, want. Thank God. All of these these asshole heroes who keep fucking up their plans. Right. So my job is to be is to figure out what the villain is doing, and to plan everything around that. And so the players, as they're going through the scenarios, mm-hmm. um, their job is basically to fuck up all the plans that my villain has laid down, even if they don't know that that's what's going on. So, okay. uh, like, I, I tend to run long-term campaigns. So, like, a Halloween, we're talking about a one-shot, which is a small contained story that doesn't have necessarily anything that will ever follow after it and is starting at a place where it doesn't really matter what came before it. Okay. Um, with my current campaign, which has been running for over a year now, um, it is... Like, I've designed history that goes back 10,000 years. And all of my villains' motivations are driving to a specific point. And as of yet, a year in, the players still have no idea who the main villain is or what that, uh, what that character's motivations are. After a year of playing the same game, they mm-hmm. still don't know? Yeah. They Ooh. have continuously come across bits of the villain's plan... Um, but have not identified that that is part of the villain's plan. Okay. So um, I have one player who recently figured out that there is a main villain, 
and that this main villain is not just like you know mustache twirling evil that this care this 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 villain is actually very motivated just has no idea in what direction this character is motivated so and still has no idea who he is so when you start something like that you're a year in or so right now mm-hmm. do you start from the end like do you know where you're going or do you start somewhere and then just kind of it evolves over time based on what players are doing i start specifically with the villain okay um so i have an end an end goal for the villain and then i break down what the villain is going to have to do in order to accomplish that and my story actually always starts with my villain having succeeded at something okay so my villain is able to take the first step on that path the players intersect after the villain has succeeded in their first step. So what happens is they get to see the effect of what this villain is going for, of, of the villain's step one. Okay. Without ever knowing that that was necessarily, that it was the villain who caused that to happen. Um, and so from there, they go off and follow various plot threads, whichever ones they want to. I lay down a ton of them. And... At each point, the villain will make another move, and they'll either intercept it or they won't, and the villain will either succeed or he'll fail. If he succeeds, then their task gets harder um, because now he's, you know, the villain is moving on toward his final goal. As they are intersecting the various plot lines, each of not every single plot line has something to do with the final villain of the campaign, but enough of them do that over time you start to kind of get a feeling that all of this is coming from one source. Okay. And so that's that's how they eventually stumble upon what the villain's goal is and then decide how they want to handle it. Mm, like it is entirely possible at the end of this campaign that my players will actually side with the villain. And they just become friends or allies i should say it's possible it's possible in this case i have a question i have an answer so since you're doing it from the perspective of a villain Mm -hmm. and we're getting ready for halloween what's the most fucked up thing you've had a villain do to like a a character or a group of characters um because we can't just talk about regular dungeons and dragons here we gotta (laughs) talked about the fucked up shit so um in a game that i actually was a what that i was a player in um oh no no a game that i was a a, a dm in um was uh, there's a there are multiple game systems so one of them is called vampire the masquerade um and it is um it's very kind of it's a very kind of modern gothic setting kind of punkish okay um and the characters that you're playing are all specifically designed to be on the descent. So they, you can start off as close to human as you can possibly be as a vampire. And as you play, you will continually do things that, you know, like you'll start off doing something truly terrible and you'll feel terrible about it. But after a while, you do so many of them that it's just like, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And there was, I had one player who kind of kept going off the rails and there was a, a werewolf incursion into the city. And so he got kidnapped and these werewolves, again, my villains are motivated. So they had something they wanted from the city and would have an easier time getting it if he got it for them. So they tortured him until he thought he was a werewolf <laughs> and actually ran into the city. Um, and it, 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 it kicked off a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but uh, one time I was playing and again, Vampire the Masquerade, mm-hmm. um, my character got in trouble with the higher ups in the city and I was confined to my room and they would only send me kids to eat, which I oh, refused geez. to do. <laughs> oh, you didn't do it? No. Oh. I was attempting to play as decent a character as I possibly could. And then, of course, I was starved to the point where I frenzied and didn't have control of my character anymore. So that was a thing. So did you eat the, ch- the kids after you lost control of oh, the Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm just picturing your character eating children oh yeah no it was it was absolutely awful absolutely awful um so i see i see my wife over there playing the switch she's probably playing the legend of zelda so there's dungeons in the legend of zelda so that led me thinking too like when you're creating dungeons have you ever modeled them after is like so there's the dungeons from Legend of Zelda, what else, what are the other popular dungeon thing, like in pop culture would there be? Is Labyrinth technically a dungeon? Does uh, that count as a dungeon? It, it would if you were, so if you were doing a Labyrinth themed game, that would, the Labyrinth would absolutely be a dungeon. Um, Amy knows how I feel about that movie. I saw it too, too late in life. I don't. I can't remember if I've talked about this before or not. Have we talked about it before? We haven't. No. Are you Are you a fan of the movie Labyrinth? I am. Yeah. See, I saw it as an adult, and the whole time I just was like, "This guy's like a pedophile." Like I thought of David Bowie as just this creepy, like pedo, just trying to lure this little girl to through this labyrinth. So I, did I read the read it wrong or or what? You're pretty um, good at analyzing. These so, things. not wrong um so did you ever see the movie legend 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 no uh it's tim curry tom cruise it's freaking spectacular like it's it's in my mind it's basically a perfect movie okay um both legend and labyrinth actually explore very very similar ideas um Legend explores it significantly better and symbolically a lot more deeply. Okay. Uh, whereas Labyrinth goes into, it kind of dips its toes into this idea and, and pulls back. Um, if you look at Labyrinth as, um, like when the when the movie starts, the main character Sarah is, you know, she's LARPing, which is live action role playing. She's just you know dressed up, right? And she's playing a fantasy game. And one quick glance at her suggests that, you know, she's a little old to be doing this, like, completely by herself. Like, this is generally at that stage she would be, like, with friends. Um, Not saying there's anything wrong with fantasy games. Obviously, I'm kind of a fan. Right. Um, Maybe catching, like, salamanders or something. Because they don't have too many friends that age. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But if you look at her journey through the labyrinth as... um, 
as kind of a, a maturation process. Um, David Bowie is very, very clearly in that case, and this speaking as one of you know every single teenage girl who ever saw this movie, um, he is very, very much symbolic of a sexual awakening that she's not ready for. Mm-hmm. And so as she is kind of navigating these, uh, you know, she's navigating the labyrinth, she meets people, she establishes friendships, she establishes relationships, um, and David Bowie is there, Jareth, is there, who is, uh, particularly if you look at the the, um, the ballroom scene where they're dancing, mm-hmm. um, he is a very dangerous temptation for her. She is not mature enough to accept what he is offering. Okay. And so at the end, her... The, the the sum of her maturation is actually her understanding that she is not ready for that and backing off. When she returns to her normal life, she is able to retain the kind of childlike wonder that she had at the beginning, but is taking steps into actually becoming a more adult person. But she had to realize exactly where she was in that process. So it is like it's a solid movie with a solid idea behind it. And again, I, I highly doubt that that was actually what they were aiming at for the story. Um, but yeah, that it is, came across as as not that though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and that that's, you did a much better job of explaining it than they than than I think. But I mean, it's a, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this because everybody loves this movie. But I don't know. Well, and it's. If you if you reach if you in your own process of maturation reach a certain point, then the ideas of the movie no longer speak to you. Okay. And like if you like if, particularly if you come to it as an adult, you have already crossed that threshold. So gauging your you know it relating to that character, engaging your own your own progress on that particular scale has become completely irrelevant. So you can enjoy it as, you know, kind of the fun, campy, hey, but it's not going to speak to you the way it would if you were younger and actually, you know, engaging in that process of maturation. Okay. I guess I can dig that. Um, so on to something that we both have in common that's kind of similar to Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like there was... Was it did did Dark Crystal come out around the same time as Labyrinth? Uh, Dark Crystal came out before Labyrinth. Before Labyrinth, yeah. Dark Crystal was nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. Yeah. And when did Labyrinth come out? Eighty eight or eighty nine? I want to say yeah, eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere around there. Okay. So you've only watched a couple episodes of the Netflix one. I have. You can spoil it if for what you've seen so far, but if you want to, but I just want to know your opinion on it so far. I watched the first episode and I thought it was cool. I mean, I haven't watched a second episode yet, but that's just because we haven't had time. So, um, I, so stating my bias, hyper fangirl, um, Dark Crystal is my favorite movie of all time. Um, and I think, and I think I've, I've said this to you before, if you understand the story of the Dark Crystal, you understand why there are no more stories to actually tell in that world. That being said... Um, if you're going to set stories in that world, um, I they've done better than I expected them to do. Um, 
the entire show is a testament to craftsmanship. Uh, every single aspect of the the, the puppeteering. Right, the they used all building. puppets for it too, didn't they? It's yeah, it's That's gorgeous. Nuts. Well, I mean, Dark Crystal is still the only movie to ever feature one hundred percent puppets with right. no humans ever appearing. And they did the same thing with the TV show, and they did a phenomenal job with it. Yeah, uh, in it looked really good. Well, in particular, um, the lady who voices the character of Agra, who is, again, my favorite, mm-hmm. um, the original voice of Agra and the original puppeteer was Frank Oz, mm-hmm. the same guy who did Yoda. Right. And to her eternal credit, this woman managed to match her voice incredibly well um she's also super young and she was able to she's still able to sound like really like old and just like weathered and no she does an amazing job so they show uh agra in the first episode not in the first episode i think she doesn't make an appearance until the second or third okay i haven't seen that far yet Um, then yeah if you notice i'm uh, so far in all of the compliments that i've given i've steered away from the story Mm, so you weren't a fan of the story as much uh really not no well was Um, it too like basic or just not enough no it's not that it's um it's a little bit like going from like a rembrandt to a finger painting okay there's nothing wrong with the story it's well told um it's fine it's just that why bother when I have the original, which is, again, my favorite movie of all time that I've spent literally 30 years thinking about, and that has kept me engaged for 30 years, whereas this one, I'm not even engaged enough to finish the season yet. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, if you don't binge through a show, it's kind of... Well, and, and again, it's not bad. Right. Like, they did way better than they had any right to do. And the voice cast is incredible. And seriously, every single person who is involved in the visuals of the story deserves awards. Like, yeah. Every it looks, single yeah, one. Yeah, it looks amazing. Freaking gorgeous. Yeah. I do want to finish it. I'm going to finish it at some point. Um, it's just, yeah, it's hard to... It's slow. It does pace very slow. Mm. Um, but I heard there are some some battle scenes that I'm, I want to see just to see how they do them just because I'm sure oh, they yeah. look amazing but yeah I'll get through it at some point but. well and you know visual spectacle um, a movie that I absolutely cannot stand is um, the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford this is not a movie that I actually enjoy like the story of but I will put it on mute and just have it running because it is visually one of the most stunning things I've ever seen in my life. What's it about? It's about the assassination of Jesse James. So Jesse James was a, uh, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. So in history, he was murdered by a guy named Robert Ford. And it's that story told. But And I love Westerns, and I love Western pacing. This one is just so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so slow. But again, every single frame is exquisite, like amazing. Just the way they shot it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the way they shot it, the way they framed everything, the color palette, absolutely everything lends itself to creating the most incredible atmosphere. Hmm. I've never heard of it. I'll have to check I it out. I recommend it? <laughs> <laughs> is it on Netflix or anything? Oh, I have no idea. Probably not. Maybe not. 
Oh. I think I own it. If I do, I'll bring it to you. Let me know. Um, what I was going to say, I was going to ask you something about, um, as far as like the streaming comes up, are you looking forward to the Disney streaming? Um, it's kind of off topic. It, it's not. I, just I haven't seen you. In a I while. honestly haven't thought about it. Yeah. Like I really haven't. It sounds pretty cool. It's like 30, 30, well, 30 plus seasons of The Simpsons. However many seasons of The Simpsons oh, are you a Simpsons God. fan? God. So you get Simpsons. It's got like all the Disney stuff. Uh, so like all the Star Wars. I don't think you like Marvel stuff, do you? You're not big into I've that. never managed to get like into it. Star Wars? Um, Oddly, so my favorite era of Star Wars mm-hmm. is Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, that's right. I think uh, we've talked. And I think... So I remember we talked about when the whole Game of Thrones episode came out. <laughs> I could see you like tensing up right now. You didn't like that. Twitch, twitch. Yeah, you hated it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to bring you there. It's okay. It's fine. I've but come to terms with it. I heard. So I think that you, the last time we talked that you thought you had thought that it was the guys who were doing... Um, what is it, Benioff? What is Benioff it? and Weiss? Yeah, that they were doing Knights of the Old Republic, but I had heard since then, I think that it's, I don't think it's them. So I've heard uh, kind of conflicting rumors. Mm-hmm. I've heard rumors that um, they're just flat out out, that the backlash against the, you know, butcher job that they did on Game of Thrones um, has actually put their contract with Disney in danger. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm. they, they were in talks for a, a trilogy. So wait, you're telling me the last season of Game of Thrones, people didn't like it? I've, I've heard rumors that a few people were not totally happy with, you know, the payoff of the eight seasons of setup. Yeah. I've heard some of the people that... Uh, have not watched it and they're just like yeah all the people that were telling me to watch it for eight seasons how does it feel this is this is right up there for me with lumberjack dexter lumberjack dexter so have you you ever watched the show dexter oh yeah yeah yeah. okay okay so the end of uh, yeah i was for some reason i was thinking of my dog dexter like He's made an appearance on the show before, so that's why I'm like, Dexter. But yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about, the end of Dex. I actually was talking, I think after I talked to you about it last time, I had to go back and YouTube the end. Mm-hmm. And isn't he on a boat or something? And it's he, like no, he literally st- becomes a lumberjack. Wait, <laughs> th- he becomes a lumberjack? Yeah, he just goes away. Just do, you, go- do you know what the original intended ending was? Mm-mm. This is actually kind of amazing. So uh, they changed showrunners after season four. Um, season seasons one through four being the absolute best of the mm-hmm. seasons. Um, Ice Truck Killer was like one of amazing. the best seasons. Um, but his original plan for the ending was that, because you know how there's voiceover the whole time? Mm-mm. What do you mean? Well, so like it always starts off with Dexter talking, oh, like right, breaking the right. fourth wall, talking to the audience. What does he say? It oh. was, uh, he says something every time. 
It was something. Oh, no, no. He just introduces, like, he introduces the scene or he introduces, like, what they're going to be exploring in that episode. And the original idea was actually going to be that his voiceover narration was him narrating to the audience his life as it flashed before his eyes as he was getting a lethal injection. Mm. So the whole thing was because the the way that the character arc was set up, the idea is that he's going to go from being someone who is a trained monster through the process of discovering what it is to be human. And at the end, he's going to have to make the decision, do I preserve myself or do I confess to being what I am in order to save probably Deb? Hmm. Um, because she was always set up to kind of be his conscience. And so the final scene was supposed to be that he, that he had become fully human in that he was able to sacrifice himself to save someone who wasn't compelled to kill. Right. Uh, and they just, they just fucked that one all the way up. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, I don't always, see it. I always say spoiler don't see alert it. after, but yeah. Seriously, stop at season five. I mean, honestly, I'm the only one who likes season five. Um, Which one was that? Uh, that was the one where they brought in, oh God, what's her name? Uh, from... 10 things I hate about you. Oh, oh, Julia Stiles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, no. Well, the chemistry that they had honestly made up for the completely like totally fucked up, but still ridiculous, uh, setup for, for that, uh, that season. Um, I mean the fact that they named her Lumen seriously, like Lumen to illuminate Lumen is actually a, mm. uh, a unit of illumination. Right. Like she was his light and she, and their arc together actually worked like as soon as she had gotten her revenge she no longer felt compelled to kill so he for a moment had kind of the idea that you know his his dark passenger could eventually go away Mm. which was a fine thing it was you know again it was done in a way that was ridiculous and totally over the top um but again, the the chemistry of their interaction was such that for me, it carried the entire season. No one else has any reason to like it at all. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. No Everybody has stuff that they like that other people don't like. Um, my favorite part of was spoilers. The reason I don't say spoiler alert is because I have such a fucking tough time saying it. Jesus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was when the dude I can't remember who it was was it Trinity when he, oh, yeah, yeah. he gets his wife mm-hmm. and he's just like that that was wild that, that was, was like oh shit that was i think one of the greatest moments in television history yeah that uh, was pretty good like john lithgow was amazing mm-hmm. as the trinity killer yeah um i'm trying to think of who he was based on uh, but either way he did such an amazing job and that moment where maybe you know, btk very likely. Because wasn't the BTK, he was like a family man, he the was a leader deacon. of the Boy yeah, no, Scouts. He was a deacon, he was yeah. all that. Yeah, no, you're right. That's exactly yeah. who he was based on. Thank you. I was trying to remember. It's, um, yeah. Right, doesn't that make you sleep well at night, babe? That I know my serial killers so well? She loves it. I never watched this. Well, spoiler alert. 
sorry, just ruined it for you. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, BTK, that's definitely it. This is a good segue for the because Halloween's just right around the corner. So this is a kind. This is good. I feel like uh, that's a good. Dexter is a good segue into getting into all that stuff. So. <laughs> So as far as if we're doing, if we're going to do a one shot for, so what we were, we're, what we're talking about, if, if for those who haven't caught up is we want to do a a one shot Halloween special that's going to air right around Halloween. Um, I haven't decided if, if we're going to record it with video or not yet. I'll let you know in the next like week or so, but what we're going to do is we're going to do a one shot basically of. I'm like looking around like I'm talking to people too. That's something like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do a one shot. Is, is it like a Dungeons and Dragons game? What what are, what would we call it? I know this is, so uh, the system that we're going to be using is Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Okay. Um, because you want to do something that is also kind of silly as opposed to like horror. Yeah. We want to make it fun. I've never, so for those who don't know, I've never, but this isn't my world. I've, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons player. Um, I've always been interested in it. I've just never, never done it. So I wanted to try it out and I figured that for the first time we do it as a, you know, as a podcast, as a Halloween special. So I think it'll be fun. And I happen to know somebody who's a dungeon master. So we're going to kind of brainstorm and discuss um, some ideas for what we can do and hopefully come up with an idea. And and we'll, you know, I don't think we'll give, I don't want to give the whole thing away. So maybe we'll just kind of, kind of kick some ideas around and then we'll kind of knock, lock something down and then we'll do a nice game for the end of the month. For like, for, for those of you out there who, you know, are going, Hey, you know, dread would be a better, would be a better Halloween game. Um, actual like serious horror games are not what you ever want to try to start with. Uh, because generally speaking, when you first start to learn how to play role-playing games, you feel like an idiot because you're sitting around with a bunch of your friends and you're pretending to be other people and your reactions aren't supposed to be yours. They're supposed to be the reactions of the people that you've created. Okay. Um, and you will look like an idiot. Oh, I do like, that all the time. But I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, you embrace that. It's like, just the more that you're willing to, like, get into it, the better. Okay. But it's significantly easier to feel like an idiot when you're playing a game that's designed to be kind of fun and silly, um, as opposed to, like, when you're playing, like, an, a game that's actually, like, supposed to scare you. Right. Or that you're supposed to be acting like your character is scared. Uh, it's significantly more difficult than uh, than people actually realize to, to play that kind of a game. Okay. So. So. This one is going to be mostly lighthearted, <coughs> with uh, you know some some spoopy stuff thrown in there just for the fun of it. I was going to ask you if because the kind of the idea that I had and and it was just one idea of many and you can kind of take this for as whatever you mm-hmm. will. Have you ever seen the movie Cabin in the Woods? Yes. So that idea that like, I can't really remember the entire ending. You probably remember better than I do. But wasn't it like they, these guys were basically controlling all these different uh, events that were like, you know, one was zombies, one was, um, you know, creatures of 
from the night. One was like, oh, they had hundreds. Yeah, they had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, so that something like I like I like that kind of story, like where it's like all these different kind of genre bending. Um, but I don't know if this is something like that would be too hard to do. So that would actually be more of, that would be a setting that would draw out for a campaign. Mm. Um, like I said, what I'm, what I'm thinking is kind of a sort of, um, almost cartoon noir-esque murder mystery. Uh, Okay, explain. So, um, the, uh, the noir genre is now kind of ridiculous in the best possible way um it's you know you know sam spade dark and gritty as you know you have the the aging detective who you know has a drinking problem and he's just out for one you know one last he's gonna find out who killed his brother or something like that um but introducing fantastical elements like you know vampires and werewolves and all kinds of fun stuff um It'll be like I still have a lot of fleshing out to do to figure out exactly like how it's going to work, um, but that way you guys have a specific thing that you will be doing. Um, the problem with there being so many different options of oh hey if I pick this this happens or I pick this this happens is that um, one you're likely to die fast, right? Which is always frustrating for people, and the other one is that with a one shot you need a concise you need concise parameters to function in, and particularly since it's your first game. Um, that way we can keep the mechanics as light as possible Okay. while you guys are still able to play around and have fun. Um, like, I'll, I'll end up, I'll do the entire town. Like, I'll have a map for you guys uh, so that you guys can, you know, make your way through the town, picking up clues, figuring out what's going on um, with a little bit of a backstory so that... It's directed enough that you you kind of know exactly what you're doing. Okay. Um, and again, it will lend you to not dying quite as quickly. So now, if you once you die, are you dead? That's it. You're done. Can oh yeah. You, you can't come back ever. Um, at the level that you guys will be playing it, no. No. Yeah. You can't come back and come after you. Um. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, it depends on, it depends on how you die. Okay. Um, my goal will not be to kill you guys off, but there's always a possibility. Okay. And now, so I'm assuming you would start with a villain. Always. Same way. Oh yeah. Uh, do you have any, like, well, I guess you couldn't tell us like. Who oh, I can tell you that be. I do. I absolutely know who the, who the central villain is and I absolutely know what they want. Okay. I'm trying to ask, I'm trying to see what I can ask you without giving too much away of your story. Oh, Um, go ahead and ask anything and I'll just tell you whether or not I can answer. So I guess for, well, we're going to create our characters after this podcast. Me and me and my wife, Amy, will create our characters for the show. And so once we have our characters, Mm -hmm. we'll have a, I'm assuming a jumping off point Mm -hmm. that we'll have to start at. (coughs) And so, hmm, okay, so we've got our characters, mm-hmm. we're going to get our jumping off point. Yep. Where is this good world going to be set? Like, is it going to be current? Is it going to be? Um, no, I'm probably going to, it's probably going to be set in kind of generic fantasy time where I'm able to kind of bring in, um, I can, if I want, I can bring in Magitech, I can bring in, um, 
basically, this is going to be low technology, so everyone is still primarily fighting with swords and knives and stuff like that. Okay. Um, what was that? You said something. Can I be a dragon queen? A dragon queen? Do you want to? You want a chance at, at doing Game of Thrones better than they did? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally anything would be better. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can, uh, if you want, you can play as a dragonborn, so you can literally be descended from dragons, and you can certainly have a goal of becoming a queen. I got no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we've got. I'm just trying to get a sense of the story. So we're we, we're 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 set in a generic fantasy time. Generic fantasy time. Um, you are the way that I the way that I want to set this up again, just to make it easier for you guys. Mm-hmm. Because again, first time you've ever played, so a little bit of kind of assistance right. is is nice. Um, basically, uh, there was um, in the town that you're that you're in, there was. Uh, for a while, you've had kind of a war going on between the more humanoid sort of races okay. and, you know, nasty ghoulies and vampires and stuff like that. Um, and recently, uh, they finally came to a concordance. Okay. Basically, a truce has been signed. Okay. Which is great for everybody, but really terrible for you. Because you guys are adventurers, and if you can't go out and you can't slay all of these ghoulies and ghosties, you're pretty much out of a damn job. Ooh, so are we doing like fantasy horror? Kinda, yeah. Ooh. So basically, so like you guys... fantasy horror noir? Yeah. Ooh. That's my goal. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, and basically, you guys have, uh, you guys have uh, set up shop mm-hmm. um, in, a, uh, in the basement of a tavern, because it's all you can freaking afford at this point. And you are basically mercenaries. You're uh, you're kind of a uh, an adventuring party for hire, and mainly right now you guys are kind of just drinking away your rent, hoping that somebody's going to come by and offer you a damn job. Are we actually going to be drinking? I assume you'll probably have a few drinks. Yeah. Oh, all right. All I right. do. I, I do request most mostly. I don't sobriety. get. It. I can't. I won't awesome. get hammered. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's too, I've like done a, I've done one or two podcasts. There's one on there that I, that we got drunk for. Um, and yeah, it's, it's too hard. Mm. You can like have a couple and start drinking, but if it's like starting it after having a couple drinks, it's no bueno. So I oh, found yeah. that that's, yeah, not conducive for podcasting, but we can start. So as soon as we start, we'll, you know, mm. pace ourselves and we'll do like wine or something. That's We'll do like wine out of a goblet or some shit. We'll do it. I'll bring my DM cup. Yeah. So like a leather wrapped tankard. I'm excited. I've always liked like Halloween themed stuff. So this is going to be real fun. Um, fantasy horror. That's going to be. I didn't realize that that's like what you were heading towards. I thought it was going to be okay. So, okay. So I'm trying to think what else I can ask you about the game. Is there anything else you can tell me about it without giving too much away? Like what are we going to start with as far as are we going to have our own weapons? Are we going to have to oh, get yeah. weapons? Are we gonna have no, to- so during the character creation process, um, basically what you're going to do is you're going to select a race to be part of. Okay. So human, elf, dwarf, these are the most common. Okay. Um, but since this is a one shot, barring a few exceptions, I'm pretty much going to allow you guys to go sort of hog wild on this one. Okay. Um, there are a few that I just are, I draw the line. Absolutely not. Um, but you're going to pick one of those. 
and then you're going to pick a, a character class. Your character class is kind of like your job. So it is a set of skills that you are better at than other people who are not trained in that class. Um, so you can be a fighter if you just like to bash things. You can be a wizard if you want to, you know, have a complicated way of casting lots and lots and lots of spells. Um, basically a glass cannon. You die quick, but you boom well. Okay. Um, you can pick, like they have, if you want to be like sneaky, you can do rogue. If you want to, you know, shoot things from afar, you can be ranger. And all of these different classes have like a bunch of different variations in them. So it's actually very highly customizable. Um, and from there, what we're going to do is we're going to work on uh, kind of a personality and a backstory. How did your character end up as part of this out-of-work adventuring group in this tavern? Um, and what is it that, you know, how would you react to things? Okay. Um, and so then what we'll do is when we meet up, um, you guys will have character sheets. Okay. Character sheets are basically, it's a tabulation of... Uh, various statistics that tell you what you're good at and what you're not so good at. So um, most of the game, this is a, a D20 based system. So the primary, so you know, you roll dice to figure out how you do things. Um, and the primary die is has 20 sides on it. And when you roll that, that determines how well you do at something. But if you're trained in something, you will have a modifier that you get to add. If you're bad at something, a modifier that you'll have to subtract to whatever that D20 roll is. Okay. And then as the DM, I set a difficulty, um, basically a threshold that you have to, do you have to either meet or exceed in order to be successful in what you're trying to do. So if you want to like, if you come across a ravine that's, you know, 10 feet wide, and you want to jump over it, I'll say, okay, cool, roll athletics. Okay. So you'll take, a, you'll take a 20-sided die, roll it. You'll go onto your sheet, go down your skills. Oh, my athletic skill is a plus three. So as you, you roll, you add three to the result. And then if that result meets or exceeds the difficulty rating that I've set for jumping 10 feet over this ravine, you will succeed. Ah. But you've already jumped. Okay. So if you roll under that, you still jumped. But you don't necessarily make it. But you didn't make it to the other side. And depending mm. on how badly you fail, you either mid-jump, you know, Wiley Cody, Yahoo, or you might have the opportunity to try, like you didn't land on the other side, but you might have the opportunity to try to grab for the edge and prevent yourself from you falling, know, falling down, the, the, down the cliff. Can you get like fucking paralyzed and stuck at the bottom of a ravine or some shit oh yeah and then have to be stuck well generally speaking and this is one of the reasons why you play with a group is mm -hmm. that you have a party and to that party us. is going to help you mm. now if you fall and you go splat there's not much they're going to be able right. to do but you know if it's only like 10 feet deep and mm. you know they'll lower a rope down and haul your ass out and brand the broken you you know it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, just you know, build a build a nice little uh, a little palanquin to like carry you, you to yeah. the next part of the adventure. Yeah, and then you know, spoiler alert: at the end, you're king. So, you know, <laughs> that's absolutely how that works. Yeah, you get paralyzed, much. you become king. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. I mean, uh, those are those are like the basic mechanics of the game. 
Um, and then depending again on what job you choose, mm-hmm. you will have abilities uh, to affect the situation more. So, I mean, if you're a fighter and you like you want to play as simple as possible, the two easiest classes to play, the three easiest classes to play, sorry, are monk because all you do is punch things, um, barbarian because you get mad and then you hit things with an axe. Wait, why does the monk punch things? Uh, because the monk is a martial artist. Oh, okay. Now, if you take monk up to like later levels you can become the freaking avatar. You can basically become shadows. You can, like, there's all kinds of stuff that you eventually are able to do, but your basic monk is actually an incredibly easy character to play. It is not a class that I favor, but that's just because that's that's a me thing. Uh, it's actually really well written, really well balanced. Um, something like a barbarian, their main ability is literally called rage. So you get super pissed off and you go at things with an ax and you don't stop chopping until either you're dead or whatever you're chopping is dead. <laughs> um, you and you, 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 when you rage, you actually take less damage from different types of of damage just because you feel no pain because you're so pissed off. Right, got that adrenaline going. Oh yeah, and then uh, as something like a fighter, you, you you hit things, but you all you get to be it's. They're all tactical, depending mm-hmm. on how you play them. Um, the The fighter is someone who's supposed to be kind of trained in martial skill. So they tend to be a little bit less run forward and hit things and more, hmm, what is the best way for me to run forward and hit things? A little bit more critical thinking. Yeah. So do we, when you play a game, do you need to have, can everybody be the same, have the same job or does everybody have to have, have, have if does everybody have to have a different job? Oh no, you can play like a monoclass uh, group. Okay. Um, it does mean that you are going to, and again, because all of the classes have so much variation in them and because they're so customizable. Um, so let's say that everyone decided to be a rogue because rogue is a super popular class. Everyone likes, you know, sneaky, sneaky, stabby, stabby. Um, you can have one who is a mastermind, who is basically a face character. They are extremely good at talking to people, at finding things out, at manipulating. Um, then you can have an assassin who does stupid amounts of damage, uh, and that's what they do. They're they're like your they're your hey I'll take this thing down in one shot kind of kind of character. Um, and then you can have one who's in uh, who's uh, an arcane trickster who does the rogue stuff, but also has magic Mm. so you can absolutely have everybody play one class um and get enough variation to where you have most of your bases covered it does tend to be more fun if everybody is playing if everybody has their own specialization because then it's everybody doesn't necessarily have to play one way and you have more bases covered all right i can kind of dig that so we're going to do Halloween. So is it going to be, okay, I want to try to do this without, let me ask, I want to do like one more question about this because I want to, I want to keep it like as, as much as we can. So I promise gonna, I will tell you nothing of substance. All right. <laughs> so we're going to keep it in the fantasy horror. We already know that we're going to keep it in. It's going to be a generic fantasy time. Okay. I'm trying to think of what else we can ask. We've already asked about weaponry. We've already asked about... Hmm. Ooh, what about 
like what do we start with as far as goods like what do we do do we just like do we use currency do we use do we have resources that type of thing so if we were starting at like level one okay um you would have a certain amount of money and you would have starting equipment so the game will assign you basically hey you get to pick from this list of things to just have like given as a freebie um, just because you're starting out as an adventurer, if you already have one level, that means that you have done enough that you have at least basic equipment. We're going to start a little bit higher than that, um, mainly so that I can throw more fun stuff at you without you guys just croaking. Um, and so basically what we'll end up doing is as we go through character creation, um, you'll get to shop. So you'll have some things that are available to you and you'll have some things that um, you might be able to find along the way. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Oh, yeah. All right. Everything. (laughs) Anything else you can tell us about it without giving too much away? Because I want to, we can move on from, because I just want to tease this. I don't want to, because we're going to be going into this game. So I don't want to give too much away about it. Just let people know kind of what it's about and what we're going to do it's again it's going to be a special one-off episode mm-hmm. of the itty bitty podcast um so, super looking forward to yeah, this is gonna be fun yeah i'm gonna be telling to, I'll, it'll, uh, it'll be the end of october so it's gonna be the, the last week of october that it comes out i don't know if we're gonna record it that week or not but we have plenty of time to figure out when we're gonna record it we'll do that after this to kind of lock it down but we're going to be doing that one-off Halloween episode where we're basically going to be running a, a is it a Dungeons and Dragons game? I kept keep asking that, but that's what yeah. we're going to call it. No, th- well, this one is actually the system that we're using is going to be Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. And then do you have a title for it? That's what I, um, I was going to ask I you. don't have one yet, but I am working okay. on it. Okay. You can tell me what you're brainstorming after. We'll, we'll release it later. Okay. Um, Okay, so anything else about it before we move on to the next? Um, I, honestly, at that, pretty much everything beyond that is more just a description of the game itself, the mechanics, how it works, uh, which is relatively dry until you've seen it actually in action. So it's that one's more fun to kind of discover along the way. Okay, sweet. I'm excited. So as far as fantasy horror goes, where... Where do you draw your inspiration with? Um, so I, I like Lovecraft, like everyone who has ever liked horror in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I, when it comes to doing something that isn't like horror inspired, um, I I have kind of an absurdist sense of humor. So uh, I just thought that uh, I had I had kind of one idea that just seemed completely ridiculous to me. Um, but that fits into that. And that one I can't go into quite as much because that would actually, that would be part of the story. Um, But essentially I like to take two very dissimilar ideas and figure out how to shove them together. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of an example that isn't the example that I'm using for the story. Uh, (laughs) um, So I have... A, uh, I have a different story that I'm writing um, and it deals a lot with like religious themes and stuff like that and 
it starts the, the first line of the of the story is literally a priest and a plastic surgeon walk into a bar <laughs> which i did not realize was a joke until after i'd written it <laughs> i was just describing <laughs> Why did you not what realized that was uh oh you just wrote it down and yeah i just wrote it down and then all of a sudden boom um like mm-hmm. i have i have another i have another story that starts off with it all began the day uh, my father fired our wizard and bought a tractor <laughs> And you didn't realize did you realize it or did somebody say hey that's like the beginning of a joke uh no the, it was i after i wrote it down I'm like oh my god that's exactly what that is okay did you leave it oh yeah oh it's yeah, a great okay. way to start a story yeah um but it's just taking like i said taking different ideas from wildly different uh kinds of, of things that you would not normally associate and throwing them together and figuring out how they could work nice um like i have like i said the the one story that starts off with the 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 father firing the the wizard Mm -hmm. is a fantasy western about the rise of technology replacing magic but how that's not necessarily a bad thing that's pretty cool i mean uh so the idea like human beings are really really good at making things that we've always considered to be magic Mm -hmm. like if you want to fly like it's you know everyone's like oh hey i'd love to have wings well yeah that's fine but our workaround is we we got we got planes like that's pretty magic um anything that we've ever wanted to accomplish by magic we've done a much better job accomplishing through technology and there are a lot of stories out there about how the rise of technology kills magic and how it's super sad and i wanted to write a story about how the rise of technology replaces magic in a way that makes it more widely available and improves everybody's life that's actually a really dope story though oh thanks man i'm working on it (laughs) technology because you don't really think like what if technology because you like technology would is eventually gonna like replace people robots Uh, we are headed toward that singularity but you never think about like you know what would happen to harry potter Mm -hmm. if fucking technology harry potter's out of a job you know well and one of the things and this is actually one of the things i think that the movies did that um that did a disservice to the imagination of the books is that they just made wands guns oh no i just meant like and and because of the way that what, sorry i could just confuse myself never mind well, no, just, but, <laughs> well, no, but as, as an idea um like everyone has a cell phone mm-hmm. a cell phone is telepathy it is instantaneous communication over right, vast distances right. Like, that's freaking fantastic. Like, that's amazing. So you wouldn't need a spell. You just immediately, yeah. yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to cast, you know, telepathy on you. I can just dial your freaking number and call. It's way cheaper. (laughs) Such a really cool concept. Thanks. All right. So the other thing I was going to ask you, sorry, I I distracted myself. No, no, you're good. Um, Is there a, so you're dungeon master. You Mm -hmm. create this, this takes a lot of time a lot of effort i appreciate you doing it um it is is, a joy for me is there a market for that like is there a place where you can like fiverr are there people that are looking for dungeon masters so yes have you ever thought about doing that um i'm not good enough yet to do that no uh i i would i would put myself at uh, fair to midland okay you're good enough for the itty bitty podcast which actually means that I'm much better than I think I am. <laughs> uh, no, it's so you have places like um, Fantasy Grounds, which is an online. Uh, it's basically an online forum where okay. people can host games remotely. 
So if you can't find a group where you're at, but you still want to play, you can play with people literally all over the world. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, and there are some people who uh, who will run basically like, hey, I will DM for you, and this is what it costs to have me DM for you. Most people just do it for free. Um, but some people, like, they'll do podcasts of it uh, with the rise of Critical Role um, and the kind of renaissance of, of role-playing games that we're having right now. Um, there's a much bigger market out there, and there are people who are legitimately good enough that, yeah, that's a thing that they can do. It's... Uh, there's also um, an online uh, an online uh, resource called DMs Guild, where they allow people to publish their own homebrew stuff. So if I make a setting, or if I make a series of maps, or <clears throat> a series of of um, items, um, story hooks, things like that, I can publish it on there either at a set cost or just say, hey, whatever you feel like paying. And then I get some of that. So is it possible to DM professionally? Yes. Um, But you need need to build up a decent-sized audience before that becomes a thing that... Becomes something you can do full-time. Well, I just was wondering. I I have never thought about that being like a lane, but it certainly would be something that you could definitely get into, I would imagine. Oh yeah. Well, um, again, like uh, there's a uh, there's a a show called Critical Role, mm-hmm. which uh, started off on the YouTube channel Geek and Sundry, um, and on Twitch. So it was uh, it was live, and it is headed by the DM is Matthew Mercer, and everybody on the show, all of the players, um, are professional voice actors who have mm. been friends for years, and. Their episodes run from three to, I think their longest one is a little over five and a half hours. And it is a legitimate phenomenon. Um, it it took off, like originally when they started playing, they had a home game and they just moved their home game onto, onto Twitch. And they were like, yeah, no one's going to watch this. This is idiotic. Um, and they recently set a world record uh, for their Kickstarter um, they are like, hey, you know, we finished our first campaign. We're, uh, you know, we're quite a few episodes into our second campaign. We love our original characters, and we would like to do an animated, because they they do voice acting for animation. Mm-hmm. So like, we would love to do like an animated, not series, but like an animated special. So they're like, hey, uh, we've talked to a ton of companies and none of them are willing to back us. So we have, we're going to set a Kickstarter goal of $750,000 just so that we can do an animated special. It's going to happen, you know, it's going to happen, you know, it's going to be a story that was told pre-stream, you know, at our home game. And, you know, if we, if we, we'll make up stretch goals as we go along, you know, if we happen to beat $750,000. Um, I think in the first hour they hit 2 million, um, and over the entire course of the campaign, uh, of the, the Kickstarter campaign, uh, they raised over 11 million. That's a lot of money. It's insane. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? Oh yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Like this is kind of cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not hard. I mean, everybody thinks it's hard. You just got to get some equipment and, you know, actually do it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a big, it's the biggest one. Yeah. yeah, we've just been doing. I've been doing them every Tuesday. So as long as you stay on top of it, I mean, not everyone's a winner. They're not all yeah. like you know. You'll get better at it, but it's all about getting comfortable and shit too. It took me a little while to get comfortable with just talking on the mic and like you know doing it in front of uh, Amy over there, who's like lost in Breath of the Wild. So she doesn't even care. She's it's a over good there. place to be lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just went to Comic Con recently. There was all the oh, cosplayers, so cool. the so Rose cool. City Comic Con. So that was fun. Um, oh shit! What was I gonna ask you? So oh yeah, I do remember. What 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 is the so what's the most disturbing game that you've ever like come across? Uh, oh, like, I'm, so there is a there is an RPG system, and I'm trying. I'm racking my brains right now to remember what it's actually called. Um, not that anyone should ever look it up, um, but I will. I'll, I'll remember what it's what it's called. Obviously, as soon as we get off the the, the mic, um, but there is actually a game system out there where in care, where you can accidentally rape someone to death. You can accidentally rape them to death. Yes. How do you accidentally rape? Them? Well, it's it's part of the game system where you can that you can accidentally do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it, it's it's not it's not a popular system. Obviously, no. um, one of the things that I have with uh, my my home game is uh, I pretty much allow my players free reign. Like I, I don't railroad, you get to do what you want to do. Like if you're doing something very obviously very stupid, I might just kick in, Hey, are you sure you want to do that? Okay. So that's like the signal. It's it's just like, it's like, Hey, you know, this is, this is one of those things that maybe you want to reconsider. Um, but if you go ahead with it, like, sure, that's, that's your, that's your gig. Um, but I do, (laughs) this is going to sound ridiculous. Um, but my group actually has a safe word. So because I let them do anything, I'm like, hey, if someone makes a decision that actually makes someone uncomfortable um, or they want to engage in something that really freaks someone out, um, because again, I've played like Vampire the Masquerade. So mm. I've played where like you can do some really fucked up shit. Ooh, I want to do some really <laughs> fucked up shit. Um, but I, I told my players, I'm like, okay, if someone, if, if this makes you uncomfortable, and this came up because um, early on in the game, um, my players needed to get information out mm-hmm. of this character and had decided to torture her to get that information. I'm like, okay, I, I will run anything that you want me to run. It's like, but this is one of those things you can get super uncomfortable for people depending on like how dark you guys decide to go with it. Like, so I'm like, hey, if anyone says, you know, you guys pick a word, and if someone says that, if this stops, like, we fade to black. And it's like, because, again, people can get, like, particularly if you play long term, mm-hmm. you get really invested in your character. Like, right. it, like, they matter to you. And when really, really fucked up shit happens to them, sometimes it's, like, a lot. Like, it sounds ridiculous if you've never played. Um, well, no, but, if you're spending time on it, I can see oh, yeah. why, you know. Uh, Nicole, who was on last time, mm-hmm. um, the meme machine, the meme machine, uh, she does have a really amazing meme game. Um, but her, she is actually the only person in my current campaign who has literally been playing since level one. 
Damn. Everybody else came in at later levels. And her character, like, has become a really big deal for her, which I love. It's fantastic. Um, and so, like, if something were really, if something really terrible were to happen to that character, like, she'd probably need a minute. Like, uh, they were going into a major fight, um, like, a month or two ago. And she and her new husband were so freaked out that they made backup characters figuring that they were going to die. But we're super sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to, I think I asked her this question too, but yeah. you might know better than she would. So I had heard, I don't, I can't remember where I had heard it, but back in the day when people would play and it was like one of those things the where satanic was, panic. Well, that, and it was like, you know, <laughs> something that was considered you know it was considered evil all that stuff mm -hmm. but did people actually drop acid and play it like i had heard oh yeah absolutely yeah that yeah would be fucking fun. i guess that would be it fun, would yeah. i i've never i've never tried acid so i have no idea what would happen um i don't think that would be good for me <laughs> well you, you you're the one who would have to keep it together yeah so i just but i feel like back in the day everybody would probably like the dungeon master probably did it too oh it was funny i um so when i was a teenager i uh, was actually playing in the park with uh with a couple of my friends and this guy came over drunk off his ass and he comes up to us and he holds up a little picture of his daughter and he goes, this is no good. You don't, you, you be, you be like her. You be righteous. You be, you be, you be like her, my daughter. And we're like, we're, we're, we're playing as good guys. Like we're fighting <laughs> bad guys. Um, and then when I was, uh, I, I had a campaign that I ran before this that also lasted about a year and I was stopping in at the dollar store to pick up stuff to craft something mm -hmm. out of. And so he's like, oh, why are you getting these things? I'm like, oh, it's it's props for uh, for a game of Dungeons and Dragons. <gasps> Isn't that like satanic? El Diablo. <laughs> and, and, I, and I explained, no. I said, first, she's like, well, there are demons in it. It's like, yeah, but they're generally the bad guys. Right. And it's like, you know, like, you know, I generally speaking, my players are like, if there's going to be demons, my players are going to be fighting them. Yeah. And it's like they're, um, and she's like, oh, I just don't understand. So I took a couple of minutes and I explained that this is literally just cooperative storytelling. I'm like, pretend you're in your house. You hear a knock at the front door. What do you want to do? It's like, well, I want to go answer it. I'm like, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Good job. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, it is, it is just, it, that is all that it is. But yeah, the satanic panic was a big deal. And yes, lots of people have played very high. That, oh I mean, it would make you get more invested in the world. You'd be like, it'd be like on another level. I don't know how coordinated you'd be depending on how much you took. I don't know. Uh, I did. I did have an entire campaign derailed because one of my players got so drunk mm. uh, that she decided to make a move, which essentially ended with the entire party dying. Like she TPK'd the entire group <laughs> because she was way too drunk for literally the entire table is yelling at her, don't do that. And she does. And like, okay, well, you guys are all dead because you just pissed off the final boss of the entire campaign and you are not strong enough to fight him. And then she passed out. Just Probably, kidding. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well... I think we should, we're getting about where I wanted to get with the, the interview. I just wanted to tease the, that upcoming episode. So like I said, we're going to do 
a Halloween themed episode. We're going to tease it a little bit more as it gets closer to it. Um, we're going to create our characters today. So once we have our characters created, um, I'll figure out a, a good way to, to announce my character's name or something. So it'll be fun. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug while you're on here? I mean, I don't have too many subscribers, but there's a couple of them. Shout out I, to my uh, subscribers who are still listening. Um, I don't, but I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you end up doing a, like a, your own podcast, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll put you on and, and plug you on here. So oh, much appreciated, man. So thanks for tuning in for another episode. And then I think after this one, it's going to be, it'll start our Halloween themed episode. So we're going to get into the month of October. So if you're into that, tune in, we'll keep it fun for everyone, but with different topics like we always do with the itty bitty podcast. But anyway, Jess, thanks for coming on. Um, peace. It was a pleasure. Later. All right. As always, thank you for checking out the Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you're digging the show. Um, check us out on Instagram, Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, on Twitter, at Itty Bitty Pcast. Uh, we just started a new Facebook group, so check that out. If you want to join it, check it out. Search for Itty Bitty Podcast, and it'll come up with the group and page and all that stuff. So make sure you check that out and check us out on ittybittypodcast.com you can check out our other show choice nugs only there as well um we'll be back next week for another episode um so thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week peace